At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! Touchdown! Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I saw all the things present uh, of a team that, that's going to win games, of a team that, uh, that competed and fought and... Um, if we're humble about this, we all come in, we may get a little bit better. There's a lot of good things to build on. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. A week one is in the books. Panthers lose a heartbreaker 26-24 to the Cleveland Browns. It reminded me of the natural. Did you guys ever see the movie, right? Robert oh, yeah. Redford Robert comes Redford. up. Yes. Roy Hobbs at the end. The lights shatter. The, the hits the home run, and, and we're all cheering. But in the actual book, he strikes out at the end. And the way the end of the game was shaping up, it felt like this was the perfect movie ending. Baker Mayfield leading his team back, down 20-7, to seven, fourth quarter, they come back, they get the field goal. It, it looked like everything oh. was going to be this perfect narrative. Instead, we get the book ending. And we get the book ending. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the entire stadium was in that way. The entire stadium felt that. They felt the same rush that everyone felt in the stadium that this is going to be a win for the Carolina Panthers. And we do have Coach Matt Rule joining us now. Yep. So, Coach, it's uh, Jim Zoki along with Anish Shroff and Eugene Robinson, of course, you've been through your press conferences and so forth today. And uh, obviously, the, the overarching thing is the disappointment with the loss. But as we were just talking, uh, with the comeback and the, the near victory there, lots of positive takeaways as well. Why don't we start with that, with just the, the comeback and the, the ability to show your team that the fight that they had to come back in this one? Yeah, you know, um, uh, I thought they showed tremendous resiliency uh, to, to kind of weather the storm in the first half. Uh, come back in the second half. And, and as you said, I think with, you know, two or three minutes left in the third quarter, I think the offense uh, finally kind of, you know, kicked in gear um, and, uh, and and made a game of it. You know, at the end of the day, we, we, uh, we had a chance to win. I uh, felt like, you know, we, we were going to win as, as you guys talked about, you know, just, just didn't come away with the win, but I think um, we're all really disappointed, but, you know, we're certainly not discouraged. There's a lot of uh, good things that we know we can build on. You know, every coach that I've been a, a part of, Coach, um, and particularly Chuck Knox, would always say to us that there's always five plays that kind of really make or break you, that you have to go ahead and you have to win those battles. Have you identified those plays that were those plays that could make or break 
what, what you saw out there? And if you have identified that, um, were they mental, were they physical errors or things that are correctable? Well, you know, I thought, I think, you know, it's kind of always a little bit unique in the, uh, in the first game of the year. Um, uh, you know, I, I think there were certainly five plays and I think really on that last drive, you know, um, we, we came within inches of, of, of sacking the quarterback and, and ending the two minute drive and winning the game. And so, um, there were, there were plays throughout the day like that, you know, I, I really, I told our team, I said, it's a negative that we, you know, we put five balls, five quarterback center exchanges on the ground during the game, but we were still able to still able to come back and look like a good offense in the fourth quarter. So to me, it's about, it's about trying to, 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 to focus on the execution, focus on the smallest of details, things that we've done all training camp. And then just, you know, just being a little bit more consistent next week when we play the giants. Matt, I heard you talk today about, you know, the first three quarters and then the fourth quarter where we got to see the, the exciting offense that you had talked about all of last week. What, what changed from an offensive standpoint um, th- that allowed you guys to, you know, build that momentum and then even hopefully carry that into week two? You know, I, I think, um, I think we just kind of settled down and started to play. And I think it really, you know, kind of even, even earlier, um, right before the half, you know, we had the, we had the explosive play to DJ and then the explosive play to Ian and got in the end zone. And, um, you know, the next, the next drive really wasn't until seven minutes you know, in the, into the third quarter, um, got, you know, got it going. And then, you know, Miles Garrett, the great player of the has had two sacks. And then we came back after that and scored, you know, 17 points in the final 17 minutes of the game. So I think, you know, these guys, they have to play together. You know, we have a lot of guys that haven't, haven't, you know, played a lot of football together. You know, Icky's a young player, Baker's new to the offense. Um, you know, as the game went on, I thought they got more and more comfortable. And, and um, you know, we have to just pick up where we left off next week. Matt, I thought you made a really interesting comment in your press conference today that in the NFL that you view today and this week as a really important time in the season already. Explain to the listeners why, why this time right now is important in the league. Well, I think after the first game, you know, you really have, you know, you, you, you've, you've practiced against each other. you played some preseason games. But after the first game, you um, really have an opportunity to go back and look and see, hey, who are we? What are we on tape? And, um, you know, I always feel like the teams make their biggest jump from game one to game two. And usually there's a little bit more intensity, uh, you know, in, in the building after a loss. And so um, I think we should have a lot of intensity about the way we practice and prepare this week, as we as we always want to. Uh, but we, we know exactly what, you know, we have to fix. You know, so, so, so missed tackles on defense. Some misalignments on defense. Uh, we need we need better, obviously, play. You know, uh, on, on offense in the first half, and um, but but we also saw what we're capable of. And so, I think you know, good offenses, good defenses, they build off of that first week, and and they try to establish their identity moving forward. Coach, what is the rule? Because I thought a defensive end can rush the quarterback, swipe at the ball. If he swipes at the ball and it's incidental contact, he's the, uh, the quarterback. Then there's no harm, no foul. Uh, this play has been talked about through everybody in every circle, every cool water cooler that play. But what is the rule going forward? And have did anybody explain anything to you? No, I haven't had any conversations with anybody. You know, that's not really the process. And uh, yeah, I mean, you got the rule right. If if, if you know, you know, and again, I don't know what they ruled, so I, you know, I can't comment on whether they felt like it was his body or his head or his hand. But uh, incidental contact, uh, as long as it's not forceful, it's not a penalty. But um, again, I haven't had any. I haven't had anybody uh, had any conversations, and you know, my approach today. Obviously, we're disappointed at the end of the game, but um, you know, we, we have to control the things that led up to that, and, and hopefully, keep ourselves out of that situation. 
Is there a part of this, Matt, where, you know, I know not everyone wants to talk about silver linings, but you walk away from this going, man, if you watched us for the first three quarters and you saw the final score and how the game played out, um, you guys almost won and, and very well could have won. Uh, you say, hey, that that's far from our A effort, and yet we were right there. Is that something that you can kind of take away and say and some of these things that we need to fix, they're, they're bugs, not necessarily features? Yeah, I think there's I think there's times where as you come out of the first game and you, and you say to yourself, like, you know what, we're not, we're not a very good team. You know, we're really going to struggle with this position and this position, and I, I didn't feel that way. I felt like um, – there's a lot of things that we have to fix and correct, you know, because at the end of the day, a loss is a loss. And, you know, we don't look at it, as, you know, really as like a silver lining as much as it is just the truth. You know, we have to execute better, which means we have to coach better and practice better and play better. But um, we have we have good players and we have a lot of guys who did a lot of good things. We just have to we just have to have it be for a longer period of time. And uh, and then at the, at the end of the day, this you know, in the NFL, it's going to come down to the last drive. I think we saw however many games yesterday in the NFL came down to a kick at the very end. And so we just have to make one more play and uh, find a way to win the game. Coach, did uh, Cleveland come out in passing sets earlier in the first and second quarter and then run the ball? What what were they doing to be so effective early in the game? Well, uh, you know, I mean, I, th- I think, um, you know, you know, we, we held them, we held them scoreless through the first quarter and then, and then, you know, they, they had that, they, they, they scored and then, um, you know, I think, I think to be quite honest with you on defense, you know, we just wore down maybe a little bit mentally and physically, you know, um, uh, you know, you hate, you always hate saying that, uh, but, but I thought the attrition over time kind of wore on us a little bit and, you know, they did a nice job of converting third downs and keeping us on the field. You know, we had five defensive penalties. And so on a day like yesterday, when it's hot and when you're playing, I'm trying to play a bunch of guys, you really can't have those things. Um, you know, they, they ran the football well. They have an excellent back, one of the best backs in the league. You know, they, one of the best run games in the league, but, um, in, in the end, it was still always as it always is. Was the explosive plays, the long runs, the the the, the pass interference down at the one yard line that led to their scores. What I was getting at, coach, was did they try to did they prevent you guys from getting into an eight man front? Uh, yeah, they they, had, they they played in a lot of eleven personnel. Okay. They played a lot of two tailbacks, so they did those things. But you know, we, we um, when they went big people, you know, we we went big as well. You know, we loaded the box up, we played man. Um, you know, as you know uh, better than anyone, Eugene. You know, you play an eight-man front. If one guy gets out of his gap, it's yes. an explosive yes, run. And so, you know, so unfortunately, we had uh, you know the one long run down the right sideline. We were in an eight-man front. And everybody's gapped out, and uh, one guy got out of his gap, and and, and the ball sp- uh, split. So, um, you know, I, I thought you know we threw a bunch of different things at them, and and um, you know, uh, uh, you know they they made the plays they needed to make. As far as the the offense goes, uh, there were I think maybe five batted passes, uh, four or five uh, drop snaps. Uh, address the snap situation first and what you saw with those. And Baker mentioned he took, uh, obviously, uh, the bulk of uh, the batted passes on himself, but he also said there are things the offensive line uh, can do to help with that situation with the batted passes. So just on those two topics with the quarterback and the O-line, the snaps and, and the batted passes and, and how those might be improved. Yeah, I think when it comes to the batted passes, you know, obviously the quarterback's got to you know, find windows and throw the ball through. At the same time, you know, we want an offensive line that, you know, when they're engaged with someone is, is driving out and trying to create space. And that that process of driving out will, will, will usually get defensive linemen's hands down and help, help out with those passing lanes. And so I thought that was one of our things we were talking about during the game with those guys trying to trying to create some passing lanes and, and open up windows for, for Baker to excel and get the ball through. In terms of the fumble snaps, you know, we had, you know, some that were, you know, hit the quarterback in the hands, some that were rolled back. I think, you know, you know, 
we, we, we've addressed it. It's just something we have to get fixed during the week. Um, hasn't really shown up. It did show up once in, uh, excuse me, in the Washington game. Hadn't really shown up since then. So uh, not something that we expected or, or were worried about, but it did affect us. So now we have to go fix it. Matt, last thing with Baker, is this now an opportunity with the Cleveland game out of the way for him to, you know, just focus on being the Panthers quarterback and not have to worry about the questions and the narrative that, that came with this week and, and the lead up to week one for him. Uh, there's probably a lot of truth to that. Um, I think at the end of the day, you know, um, um, you know, even he said last week, you know, Hey, obviously it's a, it's a big game for him, but it's, you know, he had, there, there's 16 after it. And so, to me, for him, it's 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 about uh, improvement. It's for all of us, you know. Every position just improved this week. Uh, even if you played the best game you've ever played, it improved this week. And we want to be a team that does that. And um, uh, you know, we got better as the game went on. There's a lot to build off of uh, for the offense and for Baker. And um, you know, they, they came in today. They had they had the right mindset today. And so we'll get back to work on Wednesday and put a, a game plan together. I look forward to week two, Coach. Appreciate you. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule, week one in the books. Panthers will have to go on the road week two to take on the New York Giants as they try to get that first win of the season. Panther Talk continues here on the Carolina Panthers radio network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. I think we have guys that, that just aren't going to accept losing. And, I, you know, I think, you know, just seeing the offense um, – uh, go down there uh, two times in a row and, and, and score the touchdown, and then and then kick the field goal to take the lead. You know, seeing the defense, as you said, make the stop. Uh, you know, I, I just saw a lot of young players playing uh, for each other, playing to win, and um, uh, I hate it for them that, that at, at the end, at the end of the day, you know, the result is is zero and one, not one and zero. But uh, I know this group, and if they if they'll just show uh, t- this week what they showed at the end of that game, um, they'll uh, they'll uh, they'll come back next week ready to go. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues. Carolina goes to the Meadowlands, Jimmy Hoffa's burial place, allegedly. Uh, They'll try to get their first win, their first win since last November. Panthers 0-1 after that heartbreaker uh, against Cleveland. Um, Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki. You know, Jim, one game and and – Coach said it. We we say it all the time. Teams make their biggest improvement from week one to week two. But you know, the one area where you do look and say, all right, uh, the run defense. Um, Cleveland put up two hundred plus yards, mm-hmm. and then if you watch what the Giants did to the Titans, you know, that's got to be a point of emphasis this week. I mean, now you go from Nick Chubb to a healthy Saquon Barkley, which is like having a healthy Christian McCaffrey. And, and Barkley, you talk about running with a chip on his shoulder. He's he's out to prove the world how mad he is that he is back and and healthy to play, and he had 164 of those 200-plus yards for the Giants and a touchdown yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, they're and they're going to look, obviously, Eugene, at the tape and see what, again, when I get back to, like, kind of the meat and potatoes of the game when Cleveland was building their lead, I mean, we can talk about this happened and that penalty wasn't called or that penalty was called, was Cleveland running the ball for those 217 yards. Yes. They possessed the ball for 39 of the 60 wow. minutes, 39 to 21, and most of that was through the run game. I thought Jacoby Brissett was – Below pedestrian. I thought he was very, yeah. I thought like C minus at quarterback in a winning effort for Cleveland. So I think that's obviously going to be the first formula the Giants look at when they game plan for what they might do. There's no doubt. You got to clean up the run. There's no doubt. The edge control, uh, Coach already kind of mentioned it, you know, loading up the box, guys getting in the same gap. The running back is always responsible in an eight man front for one guy. He has to beat one guy. 
Well, when you get guys in the same gap, uh, now you there's a breach somewhere on that line, and I'm guaranteed that running back will find it. There was one play that Chubb jumped over a man and a jump cut made his move and got up to the field. I'm like, my goodness, how, how did he jump over people? It shouldn't happen on the eight-man front. Now, when we go and look and extrapolate to the Giants, the Giants can be looking and saying, how was they able to eat? How was Hunt able to eat? How was Chubb able to eat? Okay, where are people susceptible? Where are they Where are they sticking their noses in places where they shouldn't be at? That's what they're going to be looking at. And if you're that guy that, you know, you're forming that breach because, you, because you're in the wrong gap, the play is going to come right at you because they know that that's the weakness. And so I think Coach Rule, they said they identified some things, got to clean it up. You got to clean it up because you're facing another powerful run of attack. I'll tell you where the Giants are going. They're going left. Looking at their splits from this past week, when they ran the ball to the right side, averaged three and a half yards. Up the middle, 4.7. When they ran left, (laughs) 12.2. Oh, my goodness. They're running left. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're definitely running left. And then look off that that running left for the running back. Now that we know our right side, we have to go ahead and compensate for that. Look for that running back to make that move, that cut back to the side. So you're going to get a lot of zone stretch plays to get you moving to that left-hand side. And that running back... It's going to say, okay, I'm about to put a foot in the ground, and I'm going to the right. Got to make one man miss. And if you're not technically sound in the gaps, particularly when you come down as that safety on that cutback B gap, we say, if you're not there, and I'm pretty sure Jeremy Chen will be there, and Xavier Woods will be there, uh, that they can handle that. But if you're not there, there's going to be a gap, and now he's in the secondary. Eugene, what was your big takeaway from Baker's Panther debut? I thought that Baker, um, I thought he struggled with his drop, uh, the depth. So as he dropped back early in the game, too many batted balls. Now, that, that's maybe a function because the Browns know that, hey, get your hands up, get your hands up, get your hands up. He got a short set. He's throwing the ball low, trying to find the, find the lanes. I can see that. But when he got deeper on his drop back, he exposed Equano. And while well, Miles Garrett was with a nine technique way on the outside, that's too much space for him to cover. So now he almost has like a, a running shot because Baker is now set deep. And so I think somewhere in there, you got to figure out, and Coach Rusin said it, the throwing lanes and also that depth which you need to be at so that you don't expose your tackles and that you find that throw lane to get the rock out. And so that, I think that's one of the big challenges going moving forward this week. One of the things we've learned through having Jordan Gross around through the years as a broadcaster with us after his great playing career is that, you know, linemen, of course, have their back to the quarterback. And so they're – they're instinctively blocking a zone, an area, or whatever. So they expect three step, five step, yep. seven step. And you stay in the pocket. And again, things can happen, but there's got to be a sense that it's happening. But it can't be erratic. Uh, it's got to be kind of in, in synchronicity that the quarterback and the O line are in that. So there's a sense of I'm not going to necessarily win the block. I'm going to shove you to a direction, yes. you know, inside or outside, knowing that it's a three step or a seven step. And one of the things. Coach Rule said about those back-to-back sacks on Aquanu was you can easily see the fact the tight end didn't help with the chip on the first one. So oh, that's, my that's, goodness. That's an obvious one. But the second one was Baker three-step drop. Ball's got to come out quickly. There's no hanging in on a three-step drop. <laughs> you have to fire the ball out. And that was the one that was the strip sack that he luckily recovered. But that could have been a big momentum swing. You know, the one thing I will say about Baker, which should excite the fan base, is that it's been a while since the Panthers have had that guy who in the fourth quarter when you're down two scores – can go and win you the game and can lead you back. And we've talked about it in the weeks leading up to this. Game changer, not game manager. And and nothing against Sam Darnold, but nothing against Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, even later in his career. 
it, it's been a while, basically since Cam was still in his prime, where we've had a guy, hey, you're down two scores. You know what? We're not looking for, this isn't the time where we're looking to just get to the finish line, but we can actually go and win this thing. And he showed that, hey, they're, they're not going to be out of a game because now you have that game changer, not a game manager, a and, quarterback. And what was emblematic of, of what you're saying is that he took the ball when he scored and he threw it real hard into the stands. Like, I love that. I loved it. I was sitting there going like this, yeah. And that was the – all the emotion says, look, we're back and we're about to come back. That felt really, really good. Felt really good. And kind I of like the magic of Jake DeLome when he was here, as far as like that again, yes. that, that comeback ability. Yes. That he there would be games where they're going, Ugh, you know, you watch two three quarters going Ugh, like the Super Bowl. Super Bowl thirty eight was that exactly. way, and then they scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and uh, and about beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl. So that's uh, it is you're right, and it's a it's a unique trait that some quarterbacks have and some don't have. Injury wise, Panthers came out pretty clean. Updates are brought to you by. Ortho Carolina, no matter if you're injury-prone, weekend warrior, a parent of a child needing orthopedic care when things look bad, choose better. Ortho Carolina, a better choice, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. Andre Roberts uh, showing up on the injury report, uh, the kick and punt returner with a possible uh, knee situation there and too early in the week to know for sure. But uh, they have, again, if they do need it, they've got they've got guys, right? So they've got Chuba Hubbard, they've got Shai Smith. I mean, mm-hmm. they have others that can – Obviously, fill in and help out if they, if they need help this week, and we'll see later in the week with Roberts. Uh, we got more to do. Coming up here on Panther Talk, we're going to talk to Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN, giving us the uh, national perspective on the NFL and hey, what people outside of this building and the Carolinas are saying about the Panthers after week one. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Mayfield steps up, he's got a lane, touchdown, Baker Mayfield, who fires the ball against the back wall. Everybody made this out to be the Super Bowl, but despite uh, what everybody's going to make this, there's 16 more games. The Super Bowl is not until February, and this is the beginning of September, so... A lot of anticipation, but we're going to flush this, we're going to learn it, and we're going to be better better from it. Back to Anish Roff, Eugene Robinson, and Jim Zoki with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. You know, when Baker Mayfield... When Baker Mayfield says uh, everybody makes this about... Uh, everybody makes this out to be the Super Bowl. He's talking about those folks in the national media. You know, everybody. <laughs> Baker, Cleveland, Baker, Cleveland. I mean, w- we've heard that literally from the day that he was acquired. Hey, look at week one, right? And, and I get it. It's a story. There's a part of me that now says, all right, now we can play the rest of the season. Yes, like, you we're, can. We're, we're kind of past that now. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I mean, there was a lot of hype leading up to this game, and Baker was a big part of the hype. And he has to answer every question. He has to say the the right things. And then you want to beat your old team, and you want to do extremely well. I thought he was a little nervous in there, too. So I, I get it. They make it out to be the Super Bowl. It's not. It's only game one. Yeah, and speaking of those guys from the national media, let's bring in Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN Radio. You know, the guys who just talk about Baker and Cleveland, Baker and Cleveland for the last uh, how many weeks now? Uh, Ian, uh, I'll put it to you this way. Um you know, you watch all the games, you cover the NFL, you cover college football for ESPN Radio. How do you view the Panthers now that you've seen them, you know, after one game? 
Well, one, I, I thought I agree with you guys. I thought Baker was a little wound up. I mean, what he was five for his first eleven, and then look at his final numbers. I mean, he, it, it's really started to click in the second half when he settled down. Uh, but but I, I covered Baker a lot at Oklahoma, uh, guys, and you have the best version right now of Baker Mayfield. I can promise you that because when he was at Oklahoma, I probably had him shoot six, eight times. Uh, including the college football playoff game, which they should have won. He had his team in a position to win that game against Georgia. And he once told me that the word he hates most in the English language is three letters, not. Because since, when, since he was a kid, you know, six, seven, eight years old, he wasn't tall enough. He's not fast enough. He's not big enough. He's, he, his, his arm strength is not good enough. You know, he gets to Texas Tech, right? He's Big 12 freshman of the year. Now, I'm not going to give you a scholarship. That was from Cliff Kingsbury, now head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, because you're not as good as this guy and this guy. Well, he goes to, you know, Oklahoma. Bob Stoops at first, you know, I'm not going to give you a scholar. You have to earn it. Uh, he's been told not a ton. When he's doubted and disrespected and told not, that is the best version of Baker Mayfield. And that's what you have right there. And I think you saw it later in the game, midway through the third, that, that dime through to Robbie Anderson, right, um, in the fourth. That's the Baker Mayfield I think you're going to see going forward. Ian, this is Jim Zoki, and uh, Baker's words after the game was, this wasn't the Super Bowl, that's in February, that was one of 17 games. So as you look at the Panthers and where they stack up in the NFL, what's your general thought? You don't have to put a number on it, but uh, what's your general thought about what type of team will the Panthers be by the end of the regular season? I said on air a couple of weeks ago, I said it last week, and I'll say it again now, I think this is going to be one of the most improved teams in college football. Uh, college football, the NFL. <laughs> just, there you go. God, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad it's not college football. Uh, Freudian slip. I just, hey, Anish will know. I just got done with LSU, Florida. I just got done hosting Big Twelve today yeah, on Sirius sure. XM. Not with you guys. I'm it's all. To transition it's all good. In the ESPN mode, man. But, it's all good. I got, uh, I really I'm getting your major league picks in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> NBA predictions coming up in a moment. There you go. <laughs> but but NBA. Anyway, look. Um, this is going to be a one of the most improved teams in the league. There, there is no doubt in my mind, none. And look, I grew up on the North Shore of New Orleans. It pains me to say this, you know. And I know this isn't going to be popular there on, on, in Carolina right now. But Sam Mills is a saint. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> man, he was way he had that in his back pocket. Yikes, man, that uh, hurt. I, All right, that was I, the moment Anish asked me to come on. That was getting dropped. I mean, <laughs> that was going to happen. We'll share. We'll uh, share. Look. He, he, he is, you know, this team, what they did on the offensive line, I think you're going to see a breakout season from D. Brown up front. I covered him a lot at Auburn. That man hates to lose a coin toss, much less a football game. I think this is going to be a marked, improved team. And look at Matt Rule year three. Now, I'm well aware this is not college football, but year three at Temple, man, bam, they took off. He took over a cesspool at Baylor. His, his first recruiting class was five dudes, five. And three years later, you know, he's, he's one play away from winning a, pack, a, a Big 12 championship and going to the Sugar Bowl. You know, it's year three for this dude. He has a motto that he has lived by, and his assistant coaches now do it. Joey McGuire at Texas Tech is doing it. It is year one, learn it. Year two, live it. Year three, defend it. Year three right now, they're going to start to defend it. I think you're going to see a much improved Carolina team, and I think you started to see it in the second half of, of yesterday's game and watch him going forward. Well, Ian, let's, this is Eugene Robinson. I want you to assess the play Raiders, of um, – My brother played linebacker <laughs> at Colgate, son. Come on now, Did Eugene. you go in the house? No doubt. We've got Colgate uh, connections Colgate on connection. the show. Red Raiders <laughs> in the house, baby. Um, so, Ian, but I want you to assess what 
Christian McCaffrey brings to this table and in conjunction with Baker Mayfield? Where was he yesterday? That's my question. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. He had he had a ten he had ten ten carries and maybe four four what, catches. Thirty yards. Thirty three yeah, yards. I mean, it, it, when when this is another part of Baker Mayfield. Go back and watch him, even at Oklahoma with all those great running backs he had. Go look at him when he was going 11-5 and five and winning a road playoff game. People forget that, too, by the way, when it comes to Baker. You know, hey, the last time we saw him healthy in an entire season, he's beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh with only 11 guys out due to COVID, including half his coaching staff. And then almost they almost went in and beat Kansas City in Kansas City in the divisional round. But they also led the league in rushing. I mean, I think they had like 490-some-odd carries that year. He's at his best when he's got a running game and can play off that play-action pass. Eugene, you know how it's like to defend that, man. It ain't easy it when ain't easy. that running game's right. And that's when Baker's at know. his best, and that's why Christian McCaffrey has got to have a big season. We all know he needs to stay healthy, but if you can get that running game going and let Baker just do what he does best, and that's running off play-action, you'll see the best version of both those guys and the best version of the Matt Rule air in Carolina. Ian, when you look at the Panthers in the scope of the division, uh, Tom Brady we saw last night. Now, maybe got hit a little bit more, but you know, I didn't really see any signs that he was slowing down no. other than that. Uh, the Saints had the comeback against the Falcons. Atlanta's rebuilding. You know, we're here in the Carolinas. Where do you see the Panthers in that NFC South? I think they're right there with the New Orleans Saints uh, as a team that is, is going to be you know, I would say I think the Saints are going to be more in a mix in Week 16, Week 17 for a wild card spot than maybe Carolina will be. But I think Carolina come Week 15 is going to be an, an eight-win type team, you know, seven-win type team where if they can string together a few more, uh, then, then you got hope, man. And when you have hope in Week 15 in this league, as you guys know, that ain't, that ain't, that's better than, uh, you know, being a Jacksonville fan. So, <laughs> uh, well, they beat Indianapolis last year. What was it, Week 17? Right. Week 18? Right. Oh, yeah. Hey, we all saw it. Carson Wentz, another wet-to-bed moment, man. He looked good, by the way, yesterday. <laughs> yes, That's he did. That's the other thing. You know, the overreaction we have every single year to what we see in week one is comical. Like, remember last year, Aaron Rodgers gets trucked, boat raced, punked, chicken kicked by the New Orleans Saints. They end up a 13-win team, and he wins the MVP. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's week one. Um, but, again, if I'm going to overreact to anything I saw with Carolina looking forward to toward the end of the season, going into the year, I thought they'd be one of the most improved teams. I firmly believe that because I'm a Matt Rule believer. I'm a Matt Rule guy. I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, but I also think that if you want to overreact to one thing, you saw Baker start to get in a groove. And I think you look to see him build on that every single year and come week 15, week 16, you got hope, you got a shot. Ian, we appreciate you coming on. We're a believer in you, by the way. So, where are you this? Where are you this weekend? Uh, where am I this week? Oh, LSU, Mississippi State, man. Uh, I'm going to uh, the Red Stick, Baton Rouge. I will gain about 15 <laughs> pounds eating at Rafino's on Friday night for dinner, Parrains for lunch on Saturday. I, I ate like a cup of gumbo's got more sodium in it than uh, just enough <laughs> to drop a donkey, right? So get ready. My left leg may go numb. All right, gumbo, <laughs> get some po' boys, and uh, you get to avoid the cowbells ringing beignets, in your ears. Beignets, buddy. I'm just saying. Hey, you don't talk about dropping donkeys. That'll choke one. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN Radio joining us. Panther Talk continues after this. Panthers football is heard exclusively on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Touchdown, Carolina Panthers. 
Join us next Sunday as the Panthers travel to New York to face the Giants. Kickoff on the network is set for 1 o'clock. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. I think you have to just be direct and honest. There's, you know, there's not too much to say on a day like today. You know, the, the, the highs and lows of being down, coming back, taking the lead, and then, uh, um, you know, having it, uh, having it slip away at the end. You know, probably just took us too long to get going on offense. I think that affected the defense. They got worn out a little bit. Uh, but in the end, you know, in the third and fourth quarter, we made enough plays to get back in and then uh, took the ball down the field to, to, to take the lead. And uh, didn't think there was any time, you know, any way mathematically that they would be able to um, uh, uh, have that happen. We had a weird, unfortunate confluence of penalties that allowed them to make, the, make a t- try at the kick, and the kid made the kick. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I'll go back to what Matt Rule said about the last moments of that game. A lot of fans, rightly so, will jump on the two plays that you know the officials botched. One was the roughing the passer call on Brian Burns. He made legitimate contact Terrible to impact call. the actual throw, and that was called roughing the passer. All he did was essentially move his man against his will into the quarterback and, and impacted the throw. Yes, wasn't like the ball was released and he impacted the quarterback. He impacted the throw. And then there was the spike, fake spike at the end where Jacoby Brissett took a step, looked, then spiked the ball. That That's could have easily too. have been called intentional grounding. Exactly. I mean, that should have been called intentional grounding because he made a football move uh-huh. with the ball as, as if he was going back. You can't go ahead and in, in the middle and then decide, I'm going to throw the ball down. No, that's wrong. But Jim... Before all that, on the last Panther drive, right before Eddie Pinheiro kicks the go-ahead field goal, there was a play. And if you're looking at, okay, something that was in the Panthers' control, the snap that Baker Mayfield drops. You know, we had a chance to see that from the coach's film view. Mm -hmm. What happens if if that's a clean snap? I know. I mean, and and the Browns are moving all over the place there. They're not set at all up front. And, again, it was one of four uh, drop snaps in the game. So that's four plays you never really ran right there on top of the other things we've talked about right there. I mean, that's wide open. I mean, that's the ball game at that point. Christian so. McCaffrey had a hole on the left side. Oh. I mean, the size of Crater Lake. Yeah. And we talked, you know, about the interference on C.J. Henderson in the end zone. That's going to be a pick. I mean, it's just like so many game-changing plays. Eugene, you said five. I think they're probably the over-under on that is over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, five plays that could have uh, changed, especially when you count the two official decisions. And again, I'm not one to just say, Hey, look at the officials. They lost the game. Nope. I, I have a sense like there were a million ways the Panthers could have won the game prior to that happening, but you add all of that together, you can see that, and then they get beat by a 58-yard field goal. There was a lot of ways that this uh, this game could have been completely different, and it's funny how one of those things changes out of that list, and we have a different vibe, a different mood, yep. a different narrative today, but uh, you have to overcome that, and you're going to win some, and you're going to lose some in that way. And also, that, that kick could have been from 70 yards. I mean, to hit the into the net, it hit into the net, high on the net, on a fifty-eight yard. Like my goodness, he had another fifteen yards to spare. It, it was an incredible kick, and you got to give that young man a lot of credit because I had no idea he had a a cannon for a leg. I had no idea. All of us who were covering the game, though, you kind of felt it because when you watched him on kickoffs and he's putting it through the uprights, you, you were kind of saying, "All right, <laughs> if they get across midfield, this kid's in range." Yes. Now, whether he makes it or not, rookie kicker from. 50-plus in his first game, uh, you're probably hedging your bets saying, that's a big ask. But he was in range the moment they crossed midfield. 
and went four for four. Yeah, no, at the 50, it's a 68-yarder. So as, as the minute he's at the 50, he's already in field he's goal in range field goal for range. his leg. But he was the only kicker drafted in this draft, and they took him in the fourth round yeah. because he's that special of a kicker. And a lot of times we'll see these college kickers of the year, and they flame out. They don't even make the roster on mm-hmm. opening day for some of these teams in the past. But this kid, uh, he, he seems to be like one of those generational kickers. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Janikowski stuff with his leg. My and goodness. You know what's funny? I think he might be the second-best kicker in the league right now after Justin Tucker. I'm telling you, I, I was impressed. I had no idea that young man had that such skill kicking the ball. That was a beautiful draw. When he first kicked I thought it was moving out to the right going, oh, it missed it. Nope, it drew in. Wow. Okay, Eugene Robinson tee shot, hugging the tree line. Hugging the tree line. <laughs> and then it comes right back in. Bow! Hit the green. You see On it. the fairway of pitching wedge to the green. <laughs> you know there we go. Right. Three-foot putt. Uh, broadcast roundtable has been brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean with Tri-Glean. Sitco gasoline. Sitco Let's go together. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. I just want to put a pin on this uh, this Cade York topic. He was the kicker for the Browns who hit the 58-yarder at the end of regulation. I just pulled up his college numbers. So, uh, Jim, you were talking about in the break, 15 of 19, 50-plus in college. So he missed four field goals from 50-plus. He also missed four extra points. That's like the 45% three-point shooter who's like 68% from the free-throw line. Mm-hmm. Yes. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't make sense. It does not It does not make sense. And <laughs> I, I'm still mystified that that kid's leg is that strong. I'm like, dude, he's a weapon because soon as you get – it used to be if you got to the 35-yard line, 52-yard field goal, okay, yeah, that's a big deal. His range is, you get to the 40, 45, that's his range. My only caveat on the extra points would be, I'm not saying that we know, I'd like to see what they looked like. College, bad snap, bad hold, yeah. block, yep. things like that happen. Because I think another bad stat is like, everything goes on the quarterback. Like drops that receivers have, all go on the quarterback. And how many times is there a percentage completion down? Oh, he only threw yep. for 55%. Well, if he had five drops in that game, that doesn't go on the receiver. I mean, it does secondarily, you, you'll get those numbers, but really they go on the quarterback is what you see. You're talking about the Cincinnati kicker? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, he had, what, uh, the, the, the third-string tight end snapping for him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. And it and, goes on your stat page. And to your point, look, when you when a quarterback throws the ball, hits the receiver in the hands, and it bounces off his hands into an uh, interception for a defensive back, that should go on the receiver and not count against the quarterback's stats. If he hit the target. Now he hit the target. It can't be happening. If the guy fumbles the deal, I'm like, dude, catch the ball. Yep. That's so your deal. So, so catch we, it. Do we take away uh, an interception from the DB and just make it a half interception? No, you, no, it's still, it's still an interception. No, it's still an interception. <laughs> it's, it's just placing the blame <laughs> elsewhere. Just, we're going to place the blame <laughs> elsewhere. We're going to tell him, hey, man, that's because your receiver didn't catch the ball. He tipped it to me. Thank you very much. I, I was seeing how Happy far I could poke the bear. No, nah, don't poke the bear right here. No, 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 wait a minute. You're getting into Eugene's uh, uh, territory there. You start taking the interceptions away. But to your point, I don't think it should ever go against the quarterback. The quarterback hit you square in the hands and you dropped it or you fumbled it somehow that the defensive back got it. That should go on the receiver. New stat, please. New stat. That should be a new stat. Put it on the receiver. Yep. And maybe get an interception and a half if it's the DB who makes an exceptional play. You like yeah, that, I right? like that one right there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that one. Yeah. Move that on up to 57 to like 84 interceptions. <laughs> oh, okay. Half interception. Let's I'm move that on up. <laughs> move that on up, baby. The pro hey. football reference page. Changing <laughs> yeah. in real time, it's, it's folks. Real time. Do it. All right. We got the Panthers taking on the Giants at the Meadowlands next week. We will preview that game on the other side of the break. 
Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, wrapping up Panther Talk here. Carolina visits East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, Jim, you're going to be there, so pizza by the slice. Don't go anywhere if it's not by the slice. The best places, cash only. All right? Mm-hmm. You got to keep the books clean. Holstein's in Bloomfield for the best ice cream in the state. Wow. And I'm writing this down. When you go fill up the rental car, it's full serve gas, and you're not supposed to tip the attendant. Wow. Alert to Harold on the rental car thing. <laughs> Good you got to stay in your car. They'll yell at you if you get out of your car. To try right. to fill I've up. got this written down on my Panther Talk format sheet here. <laughs> Put it in the rundown. This is key information. Yeah, yeah, offense, defense, special teams. Special this is what teams. I need. Pizza, <laughs> ice cream, where to get the gas. That's where to I get need. the gas. Um, you know, you look at the Giants. The game last year was kind of a low point in the Panthers' season. Giants got a, a coaching turnover, which we're saying that a lot lately about a franchise that's had a lot of stability in the past, but two-point conversion to win it against Tennessee. I don't know if you saw the back page yeah. of the New York mm-hmm. Post. It was a prepositional phrase of steel and then a play on words with the head coach's last name. It was it was well done, but you know, there's a new vibe around this franchise right now. And a new coach with Brian Dayball who said to the players who went up and down the sideline, goes, yes. if we score, we're going for two. Are you okay with that? And they said, Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. They said yes. And so, um, yeah, and they did a good job. I mean, not only did they run the ball well, they held Derrick Henry as you can hold Derrick Henry in check. I mean, 82 yards on 21 carries. That's a really, really good day against Derrick Henry. So good for their defense and what they were able to do with that. Uh, but uh, little Danny Jones out of uh, Charlotte here, out yes. of Charlotte Latin and Duke, mm-hmm. 17 out of 21 passing the old football in this game. So this is a guy that's also taken a lot of tomatoes. Uh, through the past couple of years in this league, and he's got a chip on his shoulder too. So I think it sets up as a really fascinating game coming up. up there. 81% completion, two touchdowns, quarterback rating 115.9. That's a great day. And here to that that uh, the extra point play that we're talking about, it was a shovel pass to Saquon Barkley, and on that shovel pass, he should have gotten tackled. He just made a couple of dudes miss, went backwards, then went forward to go ahead and pick up the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the extra two points. I'm like, man – Saquon Barkley is a guy you got to stop. I mean, he shows up in the passing game. He definitely shows up in the running game. And if you don't stop him, that can be a long day. And he you got to get to him. He looks fast in that game. He did. He looked like he Earl Campbell was Saquon in 2018 when he was a rookie. Speaking of, how about uh, we're going to see the top three picks on the on one field in the 2018 draft class? Baker number mm-hmm. one, Saquon number two, Sam Darnold was Sam, the third pick. And, yeah, and I'm, and I'm telling you. Saquon Barkley, there's just something about him, the way he runs the ball. He, he reminds me a lot of Earl Campbell and a hard man to go ahead Texas and bring down. Rose, wow. Man, I'm just saying, he reminds me of Earl Campbell. And this, dude, you better put your lunch bucket and hard hat and put your mouthpiece in. All right, let's see if we can go to New York. New Jersey, technically. Go yes. get that first W of the season. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.